Well, I am delighted to welcome uh, Mudbone to the studio. Good morning. Morning. All right, so you are good friend, Reverend Nat. I mean, Reverend Nat, excuse me. I love Reverend Nat too, but he makes cider here in Portland. Reverend Freakchild is a musician that is a big friend of Tasty Tuesday. He's been on our show two years in a row. He's coming back in August, comes through Portland. You know Reverend Freakchild. I do. Yeah, we're good buddies. We uh, we, we just met recently, but we, uh, we've we done a couple shows here out on the West uh, west Coast uh, in into Colorado. We did a few shows together. Had a great time. Yeah, well, he said, I got it. When you come through, we got to put you on the air. So uh, Vanessa loves Reverend Freak Childs with okay we're gonna do it so what, how would you explain your style of music um you know American roots music that's uh, I like to say there's both sides of the river there's the bluegrass side and there's the blues side and uh you know I, I like to bounce back and forth and uh put them all together all at the same time so so and that's not a metaphorical river in your world that's a that's a literal river oh yeah it, it's, what it's river is that that's the Black River in northeast Arkansas and what's what's the topography like on the one side and the other well you know you got one side you got mountains uh it's the foothills of the ozark mountains and on the other side you got the uh the mississippi delta so literally on one side of the river uh, uh, all the music goes and on the other side of the river all the music goes So growing up as a kid, you know, I noticed that sediment from both sides of the river washes into the same old river. And uh, that's kind of, that's what I do with music. I like that. I know that uh, we all go to the same river to get baptized. So That's right. All right. So um, Mudbone, where did the name Mudbone come from? I don't think that's on your birth certificate. No, it's not on the birth certificate. Uh, I didn't pick it. It for sure picked me. Uh, my, my dad moved down to Teoc, Mississippi when I was a kid which is where uh, a very early pioneer of the Delta Blues by the name of Sun House was Some would from. say the founder. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard to go back further than he and Charlie Patton. Um, you know, there were folks that contributed uh, all the way from the Bantu Nation in Africa, but when it fell into Sun House's hands, he turned it into the Delta Blues. And uh, I moved down there, and there was a guy named uh, Rick Callahan, and he was a... a, a protege of Sun House. Sun taught him how to go. And uh, he taught me how to do that and a couple other things. But he told me one day, he said, uh, you need a blues name. And one day somebody's going to give you your blues name and your whole world's going to make sense. But it ain't going to be me and it ain't going to be today. So uh, I, I thought that was interesting. And you know, I was about 14 when that happened. And I forgot about that conversation pretty much immediately. And uh, moved to Nashville when I was 20. I had been there for 12 years. And then one day I was on stage and a bass player uh, by the name of Michael C. Steele. He walked across the stage and he plays with Bonnie Raitt and Clapton and Chuck Lavelle and some of those cats. He's got some pretty, pretty good blues credentials. And he said, you need a blues name. And he said it just like that fella said all them years ago. And he said, we'll call you Mudbone. And like I said, I'd never heard that, that word before. And uh, it, it sort of sparked an explosion of thought in my head and uh, started, uh, I immediately went to the bus and started uh, writing what I thought was an outline for a concept album uh, about how African and European music combined to form the common thread that, you know, has maybe held this whole American experiment together at times. 
And 87 pages later, I realized I had way too much information for a concept album, and I went straight. I've uh, been writing a book ever since. We're, it's a book series. I think I can get three out of it. All right, so now as I understand your story, you've been roughly 15 years uh, helping other people with their music careers living out of Nashville. Right. Uh, doing all kinds of things, helping them. You know, when you get off stage, you take their great artist or she's a great artist, et cetera. Right. But in February, your first album came out, uh, River and Roads Part One. Right. Uh, and then uh, from last October to now, you've been on the road, kind of building your own brand, your own career. Sure have. You know, uh, it was really great and a really great experience, uh, experience to be able to sit and, and watch and learn and uh, learn the business and just uh, everything from how to set up stage all the way to how to perform on it, you know, uh, set building and uh, got to, I just got to do a lot of different things and learn every aspect of what it is that we do, you know, if we do our jobs right, we show up and we sort of bring the party and and we make it look easy. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So it was good to sit back and be able to learn all of that stuff and uh, had the opportunity to uh, start recording this record. I started recording this record about two and a half years ago, and uh, we just took it real slow. I got to have some really great musicians uh Everybody that I ever wanted to play on a record, uh, if I were, were ever afforded the opportunity to record one, uh, got to play on the record. I got to have everybody I ever wanted to play on a record on it, so I was real fortunate. So what did it feel like the first time you held your own album? Man, that was a... Uh, it, you know, for a guy that's been sitting on Greyhound buses and tour buses and in vans and stuff since he was 12, 13 years old... Uh, touring around and playing music if, to finally have something that you did so your art you know I had been a supporting structure for other artists and then uh, to have that was pretty amazing and I got my first round shipped to uh, a, a place in Macon Georgia a very special place it's called the Big House uh, it's where the Allman Brothers lived and toured out of for the first you know before anybody knew who they were all the way up through you know the mid to late 70s uh, they all lived there. First nine and, years or so. Yeah, first nine years or so of, of their uh, really, really great careers. And uh, it was interesting because uh, m my first round got shipped there. That's where I was. That's where I happened to be the day that I could expect the shipment in. And, uh, uh, you know, I've always been a big Dwayne fan, but Greg and all the guys, you know, I've been a big fan of, of, of their chemistry. And to have that record delivered there and to get to hold it while I'm sitting in Dwayne Allman's bedroom – uh, looking and reading through my record, and then uh, my good buddy Richard Brent, who's the curator down there, he uh, he went and put it in the the house CD player and piped it over the the house sound system. So to get to hear it echo through those walls was just kind of surreal. That is fantastic. All right, so the first song you do for us is off of your first album, River and Roads Part One. Uh, name of the song is the River Song. So talk to me about the River Song. Well, you know, it's about that river we were talking about earlier, uh, metaphorically as well as uh, literally. It's the Black River in Northeast Arkansas. Like I said, it divides the Ozark Mountains and the Mississippi Delta. Uh, but I, I like to think it brings them together. That's what I think. Yeah, I think it's the glue. So. All right. Mudbone, the River Song, Portland Radio Project. There is a deep and muddy river Where I'm from, it's where I belong The banks are steep and the river is winding Waiting for my Lord to carry me home 
When I was just a child, Lord, I was a child wandering, waiting for when I could roam. I'm a little bit older now. This old world got smaller somehow, but that black river rolls through this soul like it's always done. It is a deep and muddy river where I'm from. It's where I belong. The banks are steep. And the river is winding, waiting for my Lord to carry me home. Over yonder on the west bank was the beginning of the foothills to the Ozark Mountains and the great beyond. But right yonder on the east side, it wasn't nothing but cotton fields for 500 miles on down to the Mississippi shore. It is a deep and muddy river where I'm from. It's where I belong. The banks are steep. And the river is winding Waiting for my Lord to carry me home And when I go to sleep And don't wake with the morning Bury me in my river home Oh, bury me in my River home Man, that was beautiful. Thank you. I I, I did not expect to be moved like I was. Oh, awesome. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> Thank you. You paint a picture of what it's like in in that part of uh, Arkansas. I've never been there and I was actually pulling up a map to see Oh yeah. the topography. Yeah. You know and and you brought me there. Awesome. That's good to hear. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. That's that's beautiful. Okay, I got to get ready now for the next song. The next song's a little bit more funky, right? Well, it's a little bit more funky for sure. All right. And uh and this one is uh, is Rope, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's a song called Rope. You know, I wrote this down in uh Atlanta, Georgia with a buddy of mine uh named Robert Walden. He's uh he sort of lived a Forrest Gump kind of life. He uh, One of the many amazing things he's gotten to do in his life is uh, in college, he got to hand snaps to Bo Jackson. Uh, he played, uh, he was a backup quarterback in Auburn. Uh, and his dad was Terry Bradshaw's roommate all through the 70s. He was a placeholder for the Steelers. Uh, this dude's just, he's been in some cool places. But he, he said, uh, hey man, uh, I got this song here. Uh, I got this idea, uh, but all I got is give a man a little rope. And I thought, oh man, we got to do something with this, but we got to, we got to make the listener just really want to, like, yeah, we we, we gotta we gotta hang this guy. So we said, <laughs> I told him, I said, Robert, the only way we're going to be able to do this is to make this guy a really, 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 really uh, crooked preacher. 
that's the only way we're going to be able to do this. And uh, he was like, no, very adamant. No, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. But then he got a phone call. Uh, and I think it was Jesus because he was on that phone for about three hours. And while he was on the phone with him, uh, I, I ended up writing this song. And uh, now I had a little conversation with, with, with the creator about this song before I started writing. I'm like, look, now, <laughs> I don't know if you want me to write this or not, but if you do, let me know. And then I started thinking about there's a, a verse that says a, a paraphrase, but the devil shall come cloaked in light. And uh, that's what this song is about. It's about that devil coming cloaked in light and uh, uh, what happens when, when the light falls off of him. <laughs> oh, you, you have set the stage well. And you know, around here, you know, preacher, no big deal. But in the South and in some parts of the Midwest, it's a place of honor. I mean, we got clergy parking. Uh, right. So, so I understand oh, the yeah. hesitation for can't write this song. Well, I get in trouble. Well, you know, I mean, you, you never know how folks are going to take a song when you write it. And when I was writing this song... For, one of the things that I did not expect was uh, relatability uh, from people. I didn't expect people to relate to this song, but I'll do it at rounds and shows and stuff like that. And very often people come up and they're like, I have a story to tell you. And I'm like, man, I didn't, I didn't know that was going to be a byproduct of writing this song, but All right, you never well, know. I'm excited. Are you ready, Rodney? I'm ready. All right. Mudbone Rope Portland Radio Project. <laughs> Give a man a little rope and he'll hang himself high. That's what Papa told me. Watching that preacher taking off his tie, going crazy, raging, acting a fool. The whole town in Jesus watching him losing his coup. He had been called cheating, lying, and thieving. The whole time preaching word of the Lord. The whole time preaching the word. Give a man a little rope. See, he was scheming when it first come around. You take the offerings, fill the coffers, roll on out of town. But temptation kept creeping. It started sleeping with the wife of a deacon. The whole time screaming the name of the Lord. The whole time screaming the name. Give a man a little rope. Dickens started preaching at the Wednesday night meeting where he took to believing he was called by the Lord. Then he started wondering where the funds went, thought to check it out, figured out the dealings, started gathering the flock all around him, and then they found them. They were up against the wall. The whole congregation caught him right back there in the fellowship hall and all the blame. And I heard him saying, hang him for shame in the name of the Lord. I am for shame and name. Oh, and they did in a cottonwood tree down in Cooley's Holler behind the graveyard before the bog gets deep. They were quoting them verses, praying and cursing, begging for mercy in the name of the Lord. Begging for mercy in the name. Oh, and one more time when they laid them down low Tied around the coffin while they dropped them to the ground below Oh, digging through the rope and the dirt in the hole He spit on the grave while he prayed for his soul Spit on the grave while he prayed Give a man a little rope and he'll hang himself high 
That's what the deacon said Watching that preacher in his new necktie Start swinging Wow. What do you even sing about a song like that? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I still haven't figured it out myself. I've been singing that song that for a couple years. Fantastic. Now. Thank you. And, and no, and you are so right. You give a man rope. You give a man a little and rope. They will they you know <laughs> they, yeah. it goes back to a book written I think nineteen sixteen, James Allen, as a man thinketh. Circumstances don't make the man, they reveal him. Oh man, that's great. That's a great quote. I so love that, that to me is give them a little rope, and then you'll yeah. see what somebody does with it. Yeah, they will do that. Well, Mudbone, it has been fantastic. I am so delighted. Uh, so I hope, I hope that next year we can say we knew you when, and you were watching you on TV or something. But if by chance you're coming through the Northwest next year and you're not on TV and tour nationally in stadiums, well, I would love to have you back. Well, I'll be here either way. How's that? Oh, all right. If, even if you make it big, you'll come back to PRP. Well, you know, I mean, don't forget us a little. So. Oh, come on now. Making it big. What I, I, I feel like I have. I've, I'm here. I'm doing what I do. I love what I do for a living. I get to travel, and I'm like a truck driver that hauls songs around. So uh, I <laughs> love What my, did you say about your seat in your window? Oh, yeah. I, I got my easy chair is my driver's seat, and I, I have America on my television 24 hours a day. Because so. that's your windshield. That's my windshield. That's right. Well, you've, got, you've made a fan out of me, so Perfect. I'm delighted. I'll be following the journey and cheering you on, and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Any final words, Rodney? Thanks for coming in. Well, thanks what a for storyteller you are. Well, thank you very much.